Fellas, former Texas Rangers manager Ron Washington a few weeks ago stepped down from his position with the team uh, early September after what was termed at the time as personal reasons. Rangers GM John Daniels would only say at the time that Ron has given us permission to say it's not drug-related. Despite that statement, several uh, uninformed fools proved their foolishness by speculating that Washington was back on drugs. Well, that was me and Darren. That was you and Darren. Well, last week, I hope that each of you... I did not remember saying that. You did. Okay. Last week, um, when when Washington held a news conference to uh, share what happened, but more importantly, he called the conference to apologize to his wife. Uh, he announced that he was embarrassed and that, quote-unquote, a very low time in my life after being unfaithful to his wife of 42 years. His wife was by his side, and he publicly wanted to apologize to her. And he said this, I don't run when I make a mistake. When you put yourself in situations, you own it. I was not true to my wife. After 42 years, I broke that trust. And I'm here to own that mistake and to, to apologize to her and those who have trusted in me. I have let that down. We live in a society where marriage is lightly regarded. It was refreshing to see a man so broken, so remorseful. And joining us on the program uh, once again is Randy Holland, who spent nearly 20 years in professional baseball. Randy is a physical trainer who has worked with many top athletes, many names that you would recognize. He's not only developed a training program that has resulted in improved player conditioning, but he's also a mentor, a discipler of men, specifically athletes. And because of his background, I've asked Randy to join us uh, here on the program, and he's been kind enough to do the, do that. Randy, thanks for coming on. How are you, my friend? Great, Rick. Great to hear from you. Nice to hear from you. Uh, you can speak better than anyone um, that I can think of regarding this situation. Would you be comfortable sharing your testimony um, with you and your wife? Sure. Um, I, I know that, you know, I, I've obviously shared it with you, and, and uh, I'm uh, fairly selective with, with who I, I share that with, and uh, I always get permission to be able to do that before I go out and share it from my wife. But um, I, I've been down this road, um, was in professional sports, like you said, almost 20 years with the Toronto Blue Jays. I was there for 18 years. And uh, the things that go on in, uh, in the professional world, not just the professional world, but any world where we look up to athletes, movie stars, um, there's a certain stigma, I guess, that, that, that runs in, in that crowd, and people want to be next to those people, even as an athletic trainer. And, you know, I, I was associated, I was with the Toronto Blue Jays. And so um, because of that, um, you know, people people wanted to be around me, not to the point of players, but just because I was a was a Blue Jay. Things uh, things are a little bit easier for me probably than they were for just the average person that's that's in maybe in the business world. So with that connotation um, and road trips and different things, and uh, not getting off to a, a biblical marriage in our, our life, um, I strayed away and and became unfaithful to my wife and. Um, I would, you know, wait to go on road trips uh, in baseball and uh, not proud of it. Um, but I certainly, I, I went down that road and uh, it's, it's, it's a part of my past. Um, you know, uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was a real struggle for me. And you live this lie. And, um, you know, I, I knew God. I, I was not really what I would say. You know, I got I baptized at 12 and I was 
I would say that I was, uh, you know, I got wet. I didn't really have a relationship with Christ, and I know he was always there. Um, he never I never abandoned me, but I certainly did him. And, um, you know, I was living a lie, and I was living a lie for my wife, and um, she kept asking me what the wall was, and I, I, wouldn't, I wasn't being honest with her. Christ was not in my life. She was not a Christian at the time. And... Um, you know, God used, and, and I, I share the story of David and Bathsheba, and, uh, you know, it started in Second Samuel, where it says, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, and, uh, you know, David was supposed to be out of battle that time. He was not where God had called him to. It's almost like spring training, if you think about it. You know, in the spring, when kings go out to battle, I always laugh at that. Mm. But David was not where he was supposed to be, and it wasn't where God had called him to be, and, you know, David... David fell. David did the same thing with Bathsheba. His life was never the same. There's a consequence, uh, consequence for his sins, and there certainly has been for me as well. But I, I go back to that story with David, and, and, and God uses Nathan to come to, to David and to say, hey, you know what? There's this king who had all these sheep, and, and he goes next door and he grabs this other sheep, and, and, and that was Bathsheba. And that, and, and that, that owner only has one sheep. And, and he takes that sheep, and, and Nathan says to David, David, what do you think that, that, that ought to happen to that man? And David says, well, he ought to be killed. And, and Nathan says, well, David, you're that man. And God used uh, my uncle, who was a godly man in my life, to say those very words to me. Um, it wasn't exactly those words, but that's exactly what it was. was I had moved down on my wife. I was ready to divorce her. I was going to move in with another woman. And uh, I got on the phone, and... and a godly man, my uncle was, and he got on the phone, and I told him what was going on, and that I was going to leave, and I was unhappy in my marriage. And he told me, "You're in the middle of sin." He goes, "You go and you look in the heart, in your heart, look at the mirror, and God will tell you what to do." And he slammed the phone down on me. And uh, my life was never the same after that, Rick. I uh, that was Easter Sunday of uh, 1985, and uh, I'm sorry, 1995. And uh, I had an out-of-body experience. I couldn't get home to my wife fast enough. Uh, I wanted to tell her exactly what had happened. And um, I knew that God had forgiven me. I got on my knees and I asked forgiveness. And I said, God, I want to get my life right with you first. And I went home and, and this verse stuck in my mind, uh, Rick. It was Psalm 103:12, And it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So far has he forgiven our sins. And at that man, I knew I, at that moment, I knew I was free. I knew I was set free with, with, with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But that didn't mean my wife was going to forgive me. And I went home, and I remember going home and telling her what had happened. And I remember one of the hardest days of my life going home and doing that. But it was like an out-of-body experience. I couldn't get there fast enough. And I told her, I said, listen, and, 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 I, and I got clean with her, and I told her, and I said, this is going to hurt you. And I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. And whenever you ask me a question, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. And and this is the wall that was up. And so I repented to her, and uh, she forgave me. And uh, it has not, it had not been easy. Um, it's been, it's been a process. But that's, that's what I, that's what I went through. And there's so much more to the story, Rick, um, on forgiveness and redemption, first from my Lord Jesus Christ, and then, and then from my wife. And she has forgiven me, and 
biblically, as you know, she didn't have to do that. She needed to forgive me, but she didn't need to stay married to me, but she did, and she hung in there. I always find it impactful, Randy. You always uh, talk about God. You sought forgiveness from God. He forgave you first and foremost, and then you turned to your wife. And and in something like this, and certainly the Ron Washington situation uh, has gotten news, but it, it happens all the time. It happens in our society a lot. What do you think is the most crucial thing for Ron and his wife to do to get through this situation? Well, my, my first prayer is that, that, that Ron, and I don't know the story, I pray that he didn't get caught. You know, I'm always concerned about that. When, when somebody gets caught and doesn't, you know, doesn't fully say, hey, you know what, I'm sorry, I, I always wonder, are they really are sorry that they got caught. So my prayer is, is that he knew that he was living in sin and they turned that around. Now, I don't know if, if Ron's a believer or not. But I can tell you what saved our marriage, and I don't know how people do it, but the thing that saved us was our faith in Jesus Christ. Through this situation, my wife became a Christian, and she was just at that point right then and there where she was, she was through all of this, she had to seek a higher power, and she sought and found Jesus Christ through that whole thing. I don't know how people would make it through it without understanding forgiveness and that only comes through the cross on what jesus did for us and 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 the death that he paid we're we're born sinners i'm not telling you anything you don't know look at a two-year-old when they come into the world you don't have to see that we don't have to teach them to be selfish mine 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 and jesus christ forgave me my wife forgave me and through jesus christ it has it has made it i don't know how it makes it without jesus in the middle of it i just don't know how they make it because of the travel lifestyle that's associated with pro sports, do you suppose that trust is gone forever, or is that something that can get overcome? Oh, that's absolutely something you can overcome, but, but trust comes through time. I mean, when, you know, when I went and I asked for forgiveness for my wife, I wanted it like it was yesterday. Hey, God has forgiven me, you forgive me, and let's move on from this. It's not that way. This is a process. If you look at David's life, David's life was never the same after Bathsheba. I mean, God still loved him. He called him a man after his own heart. But if you look at that story, David's life was turned upside down after that. And, you know, I want my wife to forgive me like now and everything's going to be okay. And I'll tell you, it was a daily battle for a while. Then it would come up every week. Then it would come up every month. And then it would maybe come up every couple months. And so when these type of situations come up now, now it goes, it may go for a year, it may go a year and a half or so, and then something may trigger this. So I have to be very careful when, when the Ron Washingtons, the Tiger Woods, the Bill Clintons, all these, all these things that come up and we see, I have to be very careful when I walk down that road because that can trigger up emotions in the past. And just because, you know, we have sinned, there's consequences to our sin. We've been forgiven, but it doesn't mean that it's been forgotten. What is it about the lifestyle that makes professional athletes, young professional athletes, so vulnerable to infidelity? Oh, it's, it's, it's the big leagues. It's the temptation. It's the knock at the door at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's somebody wanting to get close to you because they think you have something to offer that you really don't. Um, we, put these, you know, we, we tend to put these athletes up on a pedestal. I don't any longer. I used to, but when I started working with them, I understood that they have the exact same problems that we do. But we want to get close to them. Don't we want to get close to them? And everybody wants an autograph. And, you know, you can't go out to, to eat dinner without somebody coming over and asking you for an autograph when you're those guys. It's, it's a different lifestyle. We all ask for their attention all the time. So we put them up on a shelf. And, man, I'm telling you, I, I saw it in professional baseball. Women are lined up outside every night. 
And these guys, you know, they, they can go out and they can have a different woman every night, these people. I mean, they are lined up to do that. And uh, it's why I didn't end up taking the big league job after 18 years. They came to me and offered me the head job. And I told them that my wife, after what we had been through, and, and the Blue Jays knew me B.C., before Christ, and they've known me since Christ was, had lived in my life. I, you know, before I moved to Arizona, I was the chapel leader there. And I oftentimes wonder, I wonder what they think about me coming into the clubhouse doing baseball chapel, because most of those people know my past. But, but thank God, you know, um, amazing grace, you know, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was lost but now, and blind, but now I see. That's me, man. And that's forgiveness that, that Jesus Christ has granted to us. But, but when I went to the Blue Jays and I said, listen, there's a reason I can't take this job, and here's the deal. My wife now is my accountability partner. I don't trust myself going to a hotel room and being with the Blue Jays and somebody knocking on my door at 3 o'clock, a girl, and throwing herself at me. I want to believe that I would have the biblical knowledge now and the accountability people and the, and the people around me to not go down that path. But my wife, I told them my wife needed to be on those trips. And so I said, if you'll pay me X amount of dollars and fly my wife on every trip, I'll be your, I'll consider being your head athletic trainer. So people just want to get close to people, people that are associated with, with, with professional sports. People want a piece of them. And they'll do oftentimes, and, and oftentimes it's through sex, that they'll, you know, they'll be able to go out and brag that they've been able to you know, sleep with player X, Y, or Z. Mm. Knowing that, Randy, you work with a lot of young people. You work with uh, young athletes. What do you say to prepare that naive young man chasing a career in sports? And uh, what what do you think they really need to know and of what to expect? You know what it what it truly looks like to be a biblical man. Um, I just I, I, you know, uh, thank the Lord I didn't have uh, the internet and 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 a smartphone when I was in high school. I don't know, you know. I believe I still would have found the Lord at some place by His grace. He reached out and He touched me. But man, it's it's about for, for a young boy. It's about what is it what is it to be a biblical man? What does it look like to be a biblical man? And you know, Rick, the reason that I really moved out here was discipleship of men and trying to pour into those young men, and to have a young man come alongside an older man and and to say, listen, these are these are the mistakes that I made, but you don't have to make those mistakes. You don't have to go down the heartache that I went down. My wife did not biblically have to allow me to stay in this marriage. I mean, the the, the funny story is here is 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 down the road. We ended up teaching at the church that we used to belong in Florida. We took a premarital class for seven years. That's 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 the goodness, that's the grace, that's the mercy of Jesus Christ. And to try and instill in a young man, a young athlete, the principles of of, of biblical sound, what does it look like to be a biblical man, a biblical husband? And to try to hook those 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 kids into youth groups and trying to get the word of God in front of them. That's the only thing that I know. That's the only piece that, that I can I can give to those kids. Apart from that it's really a crapshoot, but I know, I know the, you know, I've seen the light, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't see the light until later in my life. But at least I saw the light, and uh, more that we can get in front of these kids and schools and and try to bring the word of, of God to them, um, the better off not just they're going to be, but our country is going to be. Randy, that's great advice. Um, appreciate your work and what you do. 
Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. But before I let you go, um, is there anything we can specifically pray for you about? Um, yeah, I mean, out here, you know, I, I'm getting a little bit involved with uh, with an organization, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. There's a man that moved out here from Delaware. God is really putting a network together out here of some neat stuff that's going on. He's putting men in my life. Um, I would just, you know, just say that, that, that uh, you know, that I want to be like Paul, you know. I want to uh, I, I want to follow Christ, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. I just I just ask for prayer that that I would be able to do that, to be to be the light and, and to send the glory to God. A lot of times, you know, this can this isn't about me. And sometimes I, I think it is about me, but it's about the glory of God. So just that I put that in perspective would be great. And one other prayer is, you know, is our dear friend Don Gordon, who's going through a lot of, uh, uh, he was my mentor, my Paul, the Paul-Timothy relationship. And Don has, has had some physical problems for the last, you know, probably three months. And he's, he's really up and down with his health right now. So that's a big prayer request on my heart. All right, we'll keep those things in prayer. Randy, thanks again for joining us. Great advice. My prayer is going to be that, you know, the, your advice impacts some young man uh, who hears that. And, Amen. Uh, Amen. Hey, am I going to see you down in the Dominican? I'm hoping, brother. I'm planning to be there. I look forward. Okay. I trust I'll be with you. Uh, amen. That would be great. All right. Thanks for joining us. Love you, you brother. Thanks for having me on. Love you too, man. Thanks again. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You're listening to ESPN Rochester.